Blog Talk Radio. It cannot be emphasized strongly enough the beauty, purity, and perfection of who you really are. You are not your illness, your finances, or your loneliness. There's nothing wrong in your life that you don't have the power to correct, and you are unlimited in your ability to tap into that power. Welcome. I'm Janet Richmond, and this is the Higher Self Voice. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome. So glad to be back, as always, and it promises to be a very interesting show. And I welcome all the listeners. I did not get a request for healing this this week, which uh, is fine. You know me, I can always come up with lots of really good things. We're going to have a great show, and I'm looking forward to it. But first, I just want to do a little, just want to mention because I think I forgot last week, but this coming Sunday on April 12th, I will be, I will have a booth, uh, be an exhibitor at the New Earth Expo in Manhattan Beach. It is at the Marriott Hotel there, and the address is 1400 Park View Avenue, 1400 Park View Avenue. And there's plenty of free passes to go around. If you're in the neighborhood, please stop by. It's much smaller than the Conscious Life Expo I did in February. It's much smaller and I think going to be more intimate and really fun. So I really encourage anybody who is in the area to to come on down, so to speak. Anyway, it's from 10 o'clock in the morning to 6 p.m. on that Sunday, April 12th. And I'm going to be doing a talk there. The talks there are very short. They're just half hour. And I'm going to introduce soul psychology, which, of course, you probably figured out by now is the topic of my next book. So if you can make it, it is at 4 o'clock. So it's not like my one at the expo, which was at 3, right when it opened on the Friday. So almost no one course knew much about the talk but this one is at four and hopefully more people can make it my guess is because of the i think there's this the same room is used for each talk that there's going to be five minutes at the beginning at the end that there's a trade-off with the the audience and the speaker so probably it'll only be about a 20 minute talk or maybe 25 so it's short it's it, it'll be um It'll be interesting for you. I think you'll you'll enjoy it. Okay, so that's that. Also, I want to just say that if you do want to call in, it's 646-668-8565. That's 646-668-8565. And I also want to give you my email again because I did not get anybody requesting a healing. And it's not that I don't have a ton to do. I mean... I've only touched the tip of the iceberg on this show so far. I mean, I could go for 10 more years and, and barely make a dent because the material, the higher self material is vast. However, this is a real opportunity for you guys. It's a real opportunity to get some issue in your life. It may not go away completely, but if you can get a 5, 10, or 20% improvement in that issue, I mean, why not? It's free, guys. I don't charge for this. I feel like I learn as much as 
I mean, I benefit from the learning and the opportunity as much as you would benefit from getting the healing. So I just really want to encourage people to write in. And don't be shy. Really, don't be shy, even if you've written in a lot of times before. It, it, it doesn't matter who it is, a new person or someone who's regular or someone who's just, you know, once in a blue moon at request a healing, because they help everybody else, as you know. So really is an opportunity. If you listen every week and you you move and do the, the healing sessions with the other person, if I'm not doing a group healing session, which is what I'll be doing today since I did not get a request, you are going to get your own issues clearing. And if you do it once a week, I think I've mentioned this the last two times, if you do it once a week, you're really going to find that you've, a lot of things have changed in six months and by a year. Trust me, it's you're going to really have significant change in whatever's been bothering you. And, of course, if you do it in between the weeks, focusing maybe on the shows, and they're all indexed, focusing on the shows that really have to do with your issue, perhaps more than other shows, but every show is helpful because we all carry everything, don't you know? So anyway, that's the scoop with that. And uh, so do don't be shy, guys. Okay. Now, today, first of all, uh, I did not get any feedback, just so you know, from Charlena, who I worked on last week, who really had some very big difficulties about facing herself. She felt so badly about herself, and she it, it keyed in very well with the generic common beliefs that I'm in process of talking about. Because, And I talked about the first one last week on... Uh, worthlessness and it fit right perfectly I mean don't you love it <laughs> it's just great how that kind of thing happens so I have not heard from her I did hear from a friend of hers that she has listened to it uh, so you know that part is good at least we know that at some point she's taking it in through consciousness and maybe I will hear down the line you never know and I, it's never a requirement it's never something I put on somebody that they have to get back to me and I can't even remember in the show if I said, please feel free to email me. I may not have even said that. So not hearing from her doesn't necessarily mean that there's an issue or she's upset or anything. It just means she didn't think to respond or maybe nothing has changed or maybe she feels it's worse or maybe she, she I mean, who knows? So it doesn't matter. But in any case, I know that she's gotten the healing. We all know, right, guys? So, Okay. As I said, I've been, you know, I do a lot of private sessions and I do a lot of uh, radio show healings and I do a lot of healings in the meetup. I do a lot of healings for friends. I do a lot of healings and have for many years. And when I've, what I'm doing and what I'm covering in this, these shows, and I'm taking them one by one so it's easier to kind of take in, are some common, common beliefs about the self that are so common, I call them generic. Every single person has these beliefs. Now, of course, there's always the continuum. Some people may be locked into one of these beliefs to the point where it just uh, permeates their entire pattern, and that's really this big, huge thing that they need to overcome. Some barely have it. Uh, they've either healed it in, in past lives or earlier in this life, or it doesn't permeate as much as some other patterns that are very much more 
a part of whatever the issue is that they are carrying. Even though I separate these patterns out, oh, oh, well, let me just finish. Of course, we have all in between. We have all ranges in between. It's on a continuum. So everybody, every individual is so different. The combinations and permutations of the events and situations that we could experience in any one week, let alone any one life, let alone tens of thousands of lives, is so vast that there is no way that, that any individual is the same as another. We're all complete snowflakes. There is so much variety, and so that's why there are all of these things are on a continuum. Now, the important thing, too, to remember is, okay, last week I took, talked about worthlessness. This week I'm going to talk about victims, the belief that we're victims. And whether I, even though I'm separating them out, to talk about each individual one, I want you to understand that they're all they're all in there. They're all mishmash. They're all intertwined. They're all interrelated. So when I when I do the healing today on victim pattern, which is what I'm going to do, the victim and the victimizer pattern, when I do the healing on that, then you know part of the victim pattern is going to be worthlessness, okay? Because they go hand in hand. So. So they are all intertwined, and it's really important to understand that going in. And so if we're working on the victim pattern and it's intertwined with a worthlessness pattern, and the worthlessness pattern is playing out in a life similar, say, to Charlena's last week or any other kind of life where there's this worthlessness pattern, we're, we're helping both of them, even though I'm, I'm focusing on the victim pattern, because they're tied together. They're tied together. So, okay. Now, all right. Now, I want to read you a quote. All right, let me just find the quote. Okay. Here's the quote. This is a higher self quote, guys. You are your only authority. You are your only boss. To deny that within your own space is to deny your own power, your own evolution, your own wisdom, and your own knowledge. Now, that's a heavy-duty, heavy-duty quote because it's basically saying we're our own authority. Nobody else is an authority over us. It doesn't mean when you say that that you can't listen to other authorities or other people. You can, but bottom line, we are our own directing identities. We make the decisions for ourselves. We are evolving. We have our own knowledge and wisdom, et cetera, et cetera. So the... What's important to understand right off the bat is this owning our free will, owning our place in the free will kingdom, which is that we're the directing identity. That is absolutely key. That step, that's, but that's a big step. I had a client recently. She came to me. She, her, she, her life is just in, disarray and many problems and she's just sick of it and she's been doing you know trying very hard to get rid of her her patterns and her discomfort with her own life she's very unhappy so we had a very powerful session the other day and it was great and she could relate to everything and one of the things that came up she had been raped a couple of times in this life and as I'm 
going through the healing, I'm saying, and perhaps not clearly enough, I don't know, that, you know, she has the ability to heal this and that at the soul level that she carried that victim pattern and she brought it in, the pattern that she carried from the past lives, brought it in, it was like a neon sign, and so therefore she <clears throat> called in the victim pattern again. Now, the soul wouldn't have done that. The soul would not have uh, tr had that victim pattern triggered in this life if it weren't ready to get it healed, which is really what's been motivating her for a long time since she was a young girl. She's been motivated to heal because that violation was so awful. But when, so we had a very powerful healing session that we, and it was really great and she could resonate on many different levels and but when she went home she had a hard time thinking that she she caused the violations to ha happen to her and that was really really hard for her to take in that that somehow she was responsible or how she phrased it was it was her fault now i understand that totally because it is a very difficult difficult concept to move around to the place where we are our own controlling uh, um, directors of directors of our own lives where we are in the driver's seat it's very hard to come around to that because we interpret it as fault and so it looks as if well it's our fault and we're to blame but that isn't what the higher selves are trying to say or what I'm trying to say what what the point is, is that the soul would choose to have the opportunity to raise our awareness. The, the opportunity is so devastating that it, it it's the propellant, it's the motivator to heal things that we've carried in from the past and have yet again manifested in this life. So the 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 circumstance or the events around that that situation for her, which was really tragic, was were awful. But it isn't about fault. It's about saying or looking at it with a more expanded viewpoint, which can be hard. And I, you know, my heart goes out to everyone because I've been doing this work a long time and I'm fully there now. But even I remember very well the the resistance to this. And it mostly came because I didn't understand enough. And that's why if there are any listeners who have a problem with what I'm saying, write me your question because I can guarantee that others will have the same question. And so it will give me the opportunity to explain it to others in, on the next show in answer to a question. So what happens is it's the soul that makes the decision, not the mind. It's the soul where the free will resides. And so the soul, uh, before we come in, sets up the situations and conditions. I mean, not this doesn't happen every time, but I, I can't go into all the explanations. But for the most part and for many, for many of us on this planet, at the soul level, before we were born here, we set up, we chose specific situations and conditions that were going to mirror in the outer reality what we wanted to deal with what we wanted to heal. Because let's say this lovely woman carries a very deep victim pattern and she wants to heal it. She's sick of it already because she's gone through many lives, many different situations, many different conditions, societies, cultures, planets, where she's been victimized in some way, not always 
of some sort of sexual violation, but in many ways. And so she's sick of it. So, But here's the deal. If she decides and comes into a life, and this is true for all of us, that we're just going to have a nice life, we're just going to be happy, have great parents, you know, meet the love of our lives in college, get married, you know, yada, 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 have three amazing kids, develop a, a terrific uh, career in uh, insurance or in, you know, as a writer, whatever it is, where's the motivation to heal that pattern? There is no motivation because it's not it's not been triggered. The situations and conditions have been set up for, for a nice life. And trust me, we do do that kind of life. There are times where we just don't want to do anything more. We're just like, we're, we're extremely tired. And so we do give ourselves uh, situations and conditions in life where we literally have a relatively easygoing time. And it's because we need it for some reason. So when you see people around you that just seem to coast through life, realize in the back of your mind, this is a choice they made because for the most part, they either aren't ready to heal the next big thing or they've been working on the, that big thing for so many lives they need a break or something. So, you know, we, we, we understand. Okay, so the point is, when we're trying to heal a pattern, we have to have it triggered in the life. So we set up the situation and condition. We pick the parents specifically. We pick, you know, the parenting is co-created, so the other the, the parents have to agree. The situation, the condition, and everything is, at least the general situation and conditions are there so that we choose those things in order to heal. So yes, we are responsible if we've chosen a situation or a condition that brings a pattern to right in front of our face so we can't miss it. Sometimes we're born with a serious disease or we're crippled or we're have a mental disability or we have whatever, those things are also chosen. And we feel, uh, you know, it's fate, you know, or maybe uh, it's God's way, even we don't understand it. We feel maybe it's karma. You know, I must have done something to deserve this, whatever. It is, in fact, something we've chosen for some sort of reason. Now, I think I've said to you more than once, we set these things up in between lives. We come in, we're born deaf, dumb, and blind. We have no memory, no understanding, no anything of what we came in to do. And unfortunately, the soul can't pick up the phone and remind us, can't text us, can't email us. So it gives us indications by producing the events drawing in the events that are going to trigger off the patterns that, it, that the soul is determined to heal. Now, remember, the soul is you, okay? I mean, you may think to yourself, well, why the heck did I want to heal that pattern? I don't want it at all. So you might question what the heck your soul is doing, and I know that in this day and age that is fairly common. I've been one to do that myself because some of us, many of us have chosen this life to heal not just one issue or one pattern, but to heal a lot of patterns. And that means we get hit with issues and events and experiences over and over again that are very difficult or problematic in some way. And we're just like, wait a minute, can't we just deal with one and have three or four years of uh, less stress and less issues to learn from. And 
unfortunately, in this day and age, with the frequencies of energies being so high and growing every day at a geometric level, you know, pretty much we're hitting those issues pretty quick. The more we cooperate with it, the more we deal with the issues as they come up, the slower, the easier, and the less intense the issues will be, and the distance between them will be longer. It it, it does, each time we work on whatever is coming up, it's it helps. We don't see, if we didn't work on it, what would happen. We don't have the side-by-side comparison, but I've just done this for so long and watched for myself and for other clients how the issue that used to come up all the time starts to come up less and less. It's less intense, less stressful, less problematic, et cetera, et cetera. And pretty soon over time, it begins to really dissipate completely. But if we're dealing with it in this life, it's something that we've brought in from before. We're virtually on automatic pilot, so to speak. We're virtually just repeating things that have happened to us already for tens of thousands of lifetimes. So we think, oh, it's unique and we've never had this happen to us before. But in fact, that's usually not the way it works. In any case, I did write the client back when she said, oh, I'm having a problem with that. And I said, of course, it isn't about fault. It's about, not of course, but I said, it's not about fault. It's about opportunity. It's about opportunity to take an event or take a situation or condition that you have brought in at whatever point in your life, whether it's current or past, and seeing it in a, with a higher viewpoint, that this is an expression of what you're carrying at the soul level. And this is what it's meant, what you hold inside is being mirrored for you on the outside. And so the expression is an opportunity. It's saying, here's what my soul is carrying. Help. I want to help myself heal. So that's, that's, and she wrote back and she, she understood it a little bit better. So that was good. So just to solve that. Um, cause I don't want to make anyone feel like they're at fault. It's never about fault. If you haven't heard my shows before, it's not about fault or blame. Um, uh, it's not about fault or blame. Uh, if I can remember, I would tell you a healing I did yesterday that was really interesting. Um, in any case, the often, now we all, even even the more expanded uh those of us who have an expanded viewpoint that really understands that we are the directing identity for our own lives, that we are the ones that are in charge, even though it's at the soul level, but we understand even us have gone through so many lives that, you know, just think about illness, okay? Just a second. I'm going to have to sneeze. Oh, my goodness. Sorry. I don't know where that came from. Yikes. Um, didn't happen. <laughs> just think about illness. It's just been the last couple, 300 years that we had any idea about the germ theory of disease. And so when, when we got sick, we always were looking, you know, part of the human condition, one of the great parts is we're always looking for answers. We're looking for answers, for solution, for understanding. And that is that innate desire that I talk about that com- that comes from this uh the womb energy, the creative life force of the originating source. It's We're innately doing that. <coughs> and that propels us on our evolutionary journey. 
So in some of these very difficult lives, some of these lives that were very basic, so to speak, where there wasn't the expanded understanding that we have on this planet, somebody would get sick, we'd get sick, our village would get sick, and we're looking for uh, reasons of why this illness came in because we've had a very nice life and the village was very happy and there was a lot of good things going on. Um, and we we either you know come up with some sort of vengeful god maybe or maybe some fate uh, fate well it's just our fate because whatever um, we did a taboo and so we brought it in on ourselves or maybe there's a punishing god or maybe there's uh, I don't think back then there would be the concept of karma but in this day and age people would might look to karma and say oh well it's just my karma I must have done something horrible in another life and now it's my karma and I deserve to be punished. Okay, so all of those things have been, and there are many more I'm sure, but for example, there have been all these, so many situations and conditions over the lives where we we don't understand, and but in looking for the understanding, you know, we blame. Um, we might blame another village or another race or another uh religion, you know, religion, people who are different from us, people who are taller from us, people who are live, you know, in a different area that come in and war on us. We, who knows what, who we might blame, but this blame thing is very prevalent. It's part of the human condition, and it's in every single pattern I've ever worked on, honestly. And it's blame of the self and blame of others. Now, for example... We're driving down the road, somebody cuts in front of us and causes an accident. And unfortunately, we're involved too because we're behind and we can't stop fast enough because the person who cut in front of us rammed the car ahead and yada, yada, yada. So we would blame because we would feel like it wasn't our fault, you know, that we had nothing to do with the accident or the economy one, the economy when the economy tanks. We often feel, well, of course, we lost our job. Everybody in the and their mothers lost their job, and therefore, you know, it's the economy to blame. And then, who's to blame for the economy? Well, the government or whatever it is. Um, maybe we blame our parents. Our parents were dysfunctional. They were alcoholics. They were uh, controlling. They were power hungry. They were absent. Whatever it is, we are full of blame. Now, okay. What happens, okay, this is the key. I've yacked enough. This is the key. What happens when we believe that an event or a situation in our life is either fate or bad luck or for whatever reason we had nothing to do with its occurrence is, in fact, we are locking into a victim pattern, okay? So we don't even have to be violated in some direct way like rape or something like that. Just any kind of blame immediately is saying it's the other person's fault. They're responsible for what happened to me. Okay? So it makes them or it the victimizer, and we then become the victim. Okay, you see what I mean? It doesn't have to be somebody who's stolen from you directly or someone who's raped you directly or somebody who's anything. Every time we blame something outside of ourselves for a situation or a condition in our life, a pattern, a feeling, or whatever, we lock into the victim pattern. 
Now, okay, and this locking into the victim pattern, this blame thing, it's, it creates a prison around us, and it's difficult to escape because absent from this idea is that we're, we have any kind of ability to determine our own lives, any kind of responsibility for our own lives, because we're handing everybody else the power. We're handing everything else the power over us and over our lives. And this is, um, it's devastating and it's really hard to change. Now, we can change it and it's absolutely we can change it. But I'm being very clear here and taking this time to really explain it to you guys because I do talk about blame a lot and I do, I have mentioned every time you blame somebody else, you become the victim, they become the the victimizers. But you have to understand that every time you say it's so, so and so or such and such is the reason that this negative thing, whatever it is, is happening to me, that completely gives away our power. That's basically saying we have no say. We can't handle it. And now what do we do? We're setting up and waiting for them to fix it for us. Well, I definitely won't get a job until the economy is better and it, you know, it's it's the government's fault, so we're not going to have a change in, in the government for another three years or six years or whatever it is. So therefore, I'm, I'm not going to have a job. It makes us completely powerless. So you see how victim and other powerlessness is another one of these common generic patterns that I'll be talking about. They're all related. But the victim one is just, it's prevalent. And, and virtually everyone around us, no matter how self-responsible we believe we are or that we understand that we are, there are going to be areas where we don't feel self-responsible, that we, we think the occurrence has nothing to do with us. And so what we've, what we've, what we've done is uh, locked in to this blame pattern, this victim pattern. Now, I want to offer a new way to look at it. I want to offer the what I was talking about earlier on, that instead of going into the blame patterns, uh, whatever it is, instead of going into the blame patterns, that we find the situation, the condition, the occurrence as an opportunity. Because this is us at the soul level picking up the phone and calling. It's basically saying, this is in your life because you've chosen it to be in your life at the soul level. You've chosen it because this is a pattern you are determined to heal. We come in deaf, dumb, and blind. We don't remember what was the plan. We don't remember what the plan was, and so we don't immediately key there. And of course we don't. It's just really important, if, if at all possible, that we start to take the steps toward looking at the negative things in our life as a communication from the soul. That's basically what it is. The soul is communicating to us, saying, you're carrying these issues for eons of lives. You don't want them anymore. Here's your opportunity. Now, here's the other good thing, especially here in, this, in the States and in other places around the world. One of the reasons a lot of us came to this planet at this point in time, it's not the only reason, but it is a good reason, is that 
not only is the are the concepts and the ideas out there for many many people uh, about what I'm talking about that you know we can heal, but there's also a huge amount of opportunity, a huge amount of places to go to get help. There is self help is out there everywhere, and it's global. And so not only are we able to listen and hear and understand what the soul is trying to tell us, but we also then can move into a seek and search pattern to get help and find it. We can actually find it. Now, you can think in the Middle Ages, you may realize, oh, I have this tough thing and it keeps this pattern keeps repeating. You know, I really don't want this anymore. Even if we you did go there, the opportunity for getting the help would be little to none. You'd have the spiritual environment, which may teach you, you know, the God is punishing you and it's too bad. You have, to, you know, that kind of thing. Or, or there may be nothing at all. So the, so the, the thing is, there's not only the, the idea and the concept here on the planet that of what is happening and why it's happening in your life, but then when you move into and you're propelled to get the help, to get the healing and do the seeking and searching, you can have and find answers. And everybody will want, will resonate to different answers. That's what's so great. It's not that there's only one right answer. There's one right answer for each individual uh, or three right answers or ten right answers because sometimes we move and do different things. But there's opportunity here, just tremendous opportunity to find the solutions, to find the answers. So now I do want to just talk about the reverse, uh, the victimizer situation because as I said, when we blame somebody else, we become the victim and they're the victimizer. We set up that wait pattern, waiting for the victimizer to change. And we've all been there. Haven't we all been there, you know, uh, whether it's something from the parent or, uh, or a significant other or a child or a neighbor or a boss or anything. It's their fault that we're so miserable and then we have no say. We can't force them to do anything. We can't force our parents to change. How about when we blame the past? That's really uh, a tough one. Uh, I have a client that blames uh, the, his parental situation, and um, he he completely, or he did, he completely felt that his life was hopeless. If only he'd had different parents, he would have a different life. And he was just locked into that idea. And so, of course, we can't go back and change the past, can we? But what can we change? We can change the viewpoint of the past. We can change how we see it and how the difficulties in the life now that we're feeling, how we can then address those difficulties. Because the client had fallen into, which is, as I said, totally normal, the blaming of the past, he was powerless to change it. He couldn't change that. He can ju- he could just live in bitterness. And I do want you to know he did heal that pattern. He's definitely moved on from that. So that was when he very first came to me. But now, I mean, it's a hundred times better. He got it. But that's a difficult one, too, when we change our past and we can't change it. We can't change who our parents are. We can't change that we fell into the water and almost drowned when we were three or whatever the issue was. So what we have to do is shift the viewpoint 
and start where we are now today and see the opportunity that it brings us. See what it is saying to us. See what it what it is propelling us to focus on, to heal, and find answers for. Now, the victimizer thing is this. When somebody blames us, and haven't we all many times been blamed for hundreds of things, thousands of things, tens of thousands of things, and if you think it's bad in this life, trust me, it was probably worse in other lives. At least here, there are people who, who don't go to the blame place all the time because they do understand that maybe you were busy, so maybe it's just not you're a terrible person that you didn't answer their email in a day, whatever. Um, <clears throat> that was a silly example, but you know what I'm saying. But when we get blamed, doesn't it feel horrible? It feels horrible to know that, first of all, that somebody feels bad about you, that's upset with you, and that you know they're judging you as being at fault, the bad guy, whatever it may be, or both. And it just is miserable. And there's, it's difficult to change somebody else's viewpoint about you. But, but whether we're uh, a victim or a victimizer, so in that case, we've been cast as the victimizer. And the other person cast themselves as the victim. And just as that, to go back to the email thing, you know, let's say somebody contacted us and left a message and days go by or a week or three or whatever before we get around to answering and you you finally answer and the other person is really upset and angry. How dare you wait so long and this, that, and the other. It was really important. I needed to get the answer to this or whatever. It was just very important and, and you just couldn't find the f- five minutes to answer me. You know what I'm talking about. you know. And they're just spewing this venom at you for not answering. It's a terrible, terrible feeling. But here's the thing. If it was that important, instead of emailing, they could have picked up the phone or they could have emailed again or they could have texted or they could have something. But the they're heaping all of that on you and you feel terrible. Oh, my gosh, because there was no intention. There was no intention whatsoever to be... To ignore them. It fell through the cracks. We glanced at it one day, and so because it was red, it, it fell off the active emails, and so we never saw it again, or whatever. There's so many reasons why we we went away, and we're actually somewhere there, there's no Wi-Fi, but your friend doesn't know that. So we are, we there was no intention on our part, and that's generally the way it is in so much of life, and I gave you a simple example. But anyway, now, the whether we're the victim or the victimizer, the feeling really sucks, okay? It's terrible. We do not like it. We do not want it. And so we want to neutralize and release, dissolve all those victim and victimizer patterns. And there actually have been lives where we were victimizers, guys, often, most often, because it was the norm, so to speak. It was expected or it was part of the culture. For example, you might have you might have been in a male in a culture where females were were such second second class citizens, and they were considered more um, like furniture, uh, workhorses, 
just the ones that have the children, whatever. And they, the the way the men treated them in that culture, being a, a, a relatively quote unquote backward culture, in the sense that it was uh, low frequency and the understanding wasn't there about the equality of the sexes and all of that. The um, the the men would have grown up as young boys watching, being role modeled about this treatment to women from all of the males in their life, starting with their father, their uncles, their grandparents, you know, friends, whatever. And you're you're building this belief system into the child that this is the norm. So when that child, that young boy grows up to become a man, how does he treat women? Exactly like he learned from the nipple, so to speak. He learned that from the time he was born. And so he treats women in a very uh, arrogant, he's arrogant, he treats them like slaves or like furniture. They become tools. They're not really people. There's this lack of people feeling about the women, that they're just there for certain reasons for our comfort or whatever. And so there would be many, many instances for all of us to have raped our wives because the wives didn't want it, but it was our their duty, so they never had any say. And the, the thing that happens with all of us when we've had that kind of life, and it's not always a guy, and I don't mean to uh, imply that, that women don't uh, necessarily uh, abuse or violate in some way, because trust me, women do, and I've had clients... I've had clients with that exact thing where um, I had a client recently where he was in a matriarchal society and the women were so domineering and so dominant for whatever reason. And he was sort of almost the reverse, not quite. And I don't remember the details, but it was a shock. But he came out of that life not being kind of afraid of women. And it was so long ago, he didn't have any... He didn't have any concept that he was afraid. It was not in his consciousness, but that fear of women and that also there was this kind of belief that he wasn't equal, that he was less than. And so this was a whole turnaround that I don't see often, but trust me, if I see it once, it's there tons because obviously I can't see. I mean, I'm just my sample is still very small as many of these situations and conditions I discover when I do the healings. It's still a very small sample compared to the eons and infinite amount of situations and conditions that are, you know that we could have experienced. But in any case, um, being a victim, being a victimizer, neither one of those patterns are comfortable. We would not, we don't want them. And the the double whammy is when we blame ourselves. And I know you guys have heard me say that because we're both the victimizer and the victim. So we're we're in, we're triggering and intensifying and uh, locking into both sides of those patterns with every time we're filled with self blame. It's it's pretty much of a like I said a double whammy, and that's why I really wanted to bring up the fact that the victim victimizer patterns are prevalent. They're prevalent in this society. They're prevalent in any society. And it keeps us from taking the step into, by locking into that, by by locking into someone else, something else, 
is responsible for me. It locks us into powerlessness and it and it keeps us from stepping forward because if bottom line there's a belief system that you can't you don't have a say over your own life, you're not going to take the steps to help you to move forward, to help you heal, to help you learn, to help you grow, to help you anything. And so it locks us. It locks us into kind of a prison. And I think you've heard me give the the analogy of our lives are like as humans are moving we're moving up the steps up a hillside from not very much awareness at all when we first come in when we evolve from the animal kingdom and we carry more animal nature within than human nature and human nature we don't change species but what we do is we change consciousness. So as we evolve, the consciousness expands in the human level and our awareness expands. So it's like we're walking up these beautiful steps or up a path up the up, up a hillside, up a mountain. And at the top, that's when we are full, fully aware, fully uh, our viewpoint is expanded to the point that we understand the totality and we've moved past our patterns and yada, yada, yada. Well, if if as we go up these stairs, we get to a place that feels comfortable for us. It's really pretty here. Oh, it feels so much better for me to blame God or blame my parents or blame others because then I, I just feel comfortable with that because it takes off the, the pressure for me to do anything. There's no pressure on me now because it's up to everybody else. So there's a comfort level at that. And we we all have kind of decided at various points in our sojourn to just stay at that step for a while because there's it feels normal. It feels comfortable. Everybody else is doing it. We have a lot of friends at that level. And we sort of build a house there. But after a while, this is what happens. After a while, as we're living in that house, we realize that there's no change going on. And we, we decide, well, okay, we don't, we're not really happy about this over here. That pattern doesn't feel good. But you know what? I can't really do anything about it because, you know, that's the belief system that you would have. And so you kind of live with it. You live with it. You find workarounds. You avoid. You push it into a, you know, a closet or whatever. But after a while, as this keeps coming up more and more, or more and more issues come up more and more, and you realize, you know, this isn't working for me anymore. And then you decide to go up to the next level, the next step. And but but it's hard to get out of that house that we've built on that beautiful, that place where we feel okay. The stress is off. We're not responsible. Okay, we there's nothing we can do. We might as just you know make lemonade out of lemons kind of thing. So anyway, I'm blabbering on a lot, but I do. It's such a big issue. It's such a big. It's such a big thing. Um, before I do the healing, I do also want to talk about a pattern that I worked on yesterday. It was someone who actually doesn't live in this country, and um, he he has some very difficult issues, very, very difficult issues. And I went in, and um, I I had heard that he had been abused by someone in uh, 
someone in the Catholic Church. Um, and the I'm, I'm working at a, in, in the silence. In other words, he doesn't know I'm working on him. And so when I went to do the healing, you know, I do the wheel, and there's the rim around. And I saw the person I was working on, and I saw a few other people coming in. And I saw the person who had violated him as a young boy in the church. It was a priest, I believe. And the priest's sister was also there. And I'm thinking, oh, this is interesting. And, you know, I didn't know where it was going to lead, but it was just so interesting. I have to share it with you guys. So this boy, as a boy, this man as a boy had been terribly victimized terribly, terribly victimized, and your heart goes out to him. You, you know that it was one of those church situations that, you know, breaks breaks all of our hearts. And when the, so I'm working mostly on the guy, you know, the man who who's carrying a lot of issues, and the, but I do tune in from time to time to the priest and the nun. The nun is the sister. So, the priest presented right off the bat this absolute arrogance and self-justification. I don't know if even the priest is alive or still or not. I have no idea. But in any case, I could just, just flowing off this priest was this feeling of self-justification. He did nothing wrong. He, um, he absolutely was uh, so arrogant and just, you know, he was right, you know, justified in every way, shape, or form, and there was there was no question. Okay, so that that was coming off him. Okay, so then I work on the the guy, and then I go. Um, we do a lot of work on the on the guy that had been violated, and then I'm sort of winding the healing down, and I thought, oh, I want to just check back with the priest. Well, the priest literally had kind of thought, I guess, the healing was over and he didn't need to keep up the 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 front. Like he, you know, what he did was right and the validating himself and all of this. He looked like a small boy. And all I could feel from that priest was the sense that he was shattered. And that was the word that came up. He was shattered. He was devastated by what he did. But he had not yet gotten to the point where he could even deal with that. So that's the whole front. But underneath, there was a an extremely wounded person, an extremely wounded soul that the image that came to my mind was as if they, he'd been in a village with the earthquake and that all these buildings and structures and everything had fallen down around him and he's trying to make his way out from the rubble and he's walking over uh, people who are hurt because that's the only thing and he's just struggling he's he's in a state of shock he's shattered he you know he he literally doesn't know how he's going to get out of this rubble and this huge situation and that's what it felt like that he had no guideposts no self-security, no self-connection, no understanding. He was just shattered by whatever had gone on in his life. And I didn't go in because that wasn't what I was there to do. I didn't go in to to figure out 
his pattern particular, but boy, I got this very intense thing about his, that arrogance was a facade. That was the only way he knew how to cope. The only way that he could deal with his own shattered self. And it was, it was really, the dichotomy was huge. And Okay, there was something else that just came up on my mind. I had to tell you. Um, oh, yeah. Now, a big issue in that healing was forgiveness. Because forgiveness is really a big part of the healing of any of these kind of issues. To forgive ourselves and to forgive the other. And it's very difficult. And one of the stumbling blocks for forgiveness, which I do want to mention up front, is that sometimes... We feel if we forgive somebody else for doing something terrible to us, whatever it might be, that somehow we've let them off the hook. I know I've talked about this in previous shows, but it was a while ago, and there are many of you may not have heard it unless you've listened to the archives. There can always be the fear that if we forgive them, that somehow they're they're off the hook. They don't, you know, they they get they get off. It's like getting out of jail free card kind of thing. And in fact, that's just not the way it works at all. The forgiveness of ourselves and of others affects us in a big, huge way. But the other person has to also forgive themselves. It is not forgiveness from somebody else that heals the pattern. It's forgiveness of the self. So that getting them off the hook, it doesn't. They still have to deal with their own issues. Whatever it is, they, they're blaming themselves. I mean, that priest was just huge blaming himself. So huge. He has to forgive himself. If I can get the person I'm working on to forgive the priest, that's not going to heal the priest, but it's going to help heal the individual that I'm working on, the violate, the person who was violated. So, this is um, this is heavy stuff, guys. But I think you all understand. I, I feel like in some ways I must be talking to the choir because I know my listeners are very keyed in and are very expanded in understanding. If you do have any questions, if you do have any concerns, you have anything, please send me an email to Janet at JanetRichmond.com. Please, because this is a big issue, and if we have to go over it again in another show or some aspect of it, because that's what happens. I get off the, the show and I think, oh, I forgot to tell them such and such, you know. So there could be something very easily. There could be something that I haven't covered. Anyway, so we're going to now do the healing on victim and victimizer patterns, and this is not a. I hope you understand that it, there is no blame and there is no judgment about the fact that we've been victimizers or about the fact that we're victims. These are everyday patterns because every single time there is blame for a silly little thing, blaming ourselves, blaming others, others blaming us, whatever it is, it, it immediately, the underlying Thing that is being triggered and intensified every, each and every time is victim and victimizer pattern. It is generic. It is common. It is a human condition. And it all stems from those early days as in the human kingdom where we didn't carry in those early 
frequency levels of human, we didn't carry the, the understanding we have now. So it became, you know, just the answers that we were looking for. Well, it must be so-and-so or such-and-such's fault. They are the ones that did it to us. So, of course, you understand that I am not in any way, shape, or form judging anyone. I'm not judging at all. I'm saying, hey, guys, here's what we've got. Let's get rid of it. Okay, let's get rid of this pattern as much as we can, and it, it'll come up over and over again because it is so common, it is so pervasive, and it is completely entrenched in everything that we do. So it'll come up again and again, but at least today we will get a chunk. Whatever it is, we will get a chunk. Okay, so I want everyone to get comfortable, sit back. Boy, I certainly blabbered on. I'm seeing this in a whole hour. Yikes. Well, feel free to speed through that if you already know all that I'm saying and just be part of the healing. Okay. So I want everyone to sit back and relax. Take a few deep breaths. Just quiet the mind as best you can. Get comfortable. And I want you to just, as a simple technique, to activate and get into uh, activating and uh, activating that focus of attention, which is the turn-on switch that I talked to you about. And so that's what we're going to do. Just listen to my voice. You can be aware of anything else going on around you. That's absolutely fine. But just keep it in the background and follow my voice. If you find your mind wandering, no biggie. Just bring it back in when you realize it and begin to focus again. Another easy technique is to focus on the, your physical body, the position of your arms and legs, your hands and feet, how your body contacts other parts of the body and what you're sitting on, whatever. And that's another simple technique to help bring that focus of attention in. It is the focus of attention that, as I said, is the turn-on switch. It does take some practice to keep it alive and active for periods of time because we're so used to letting the mind wander. But I have faith in every one of you, and I'm sure you can do it. And so right now I want you to begin to focus, bringing that in. It's already moving to set up the now moment. We are moving into the now moment. It is an energetic field, and it is now surrounding the totality of that symbolic wheel, the symbolic wagon wheel that I use. And there are many, many, many people on this wheel. It is it is very uh, well populated at this point in time. And these are people from the past, present, and future listeners. There are a lot here. And I would like to, uh, before I go on, call in any others that anybody here that is listening, past, present, and future listeners, that would consider that somebody needs to uh, be here for this healing. So I did see many more individuals being added on. And we all know people who have just had some very, very difficult lives, and they're very much stuck in this victim place. And our hearts go out to them. We empathize with them in many, many ways. And we are also hoping that they can step out of this house they've built and see that their life doesn't have to be the misery that they're feeling currently. So these anybody that knows people like this, um, 
please bring them in if they're not already here. Uh, I do see a lot more people joining us. And the now moment is getting really quite large. It's starting to remind me of the forever now moment, but it is not yet the forever now moment. And so now I want each and everybody, each and every person to start to focus on the expansion of the now moment. It is an energetic field. We can move it and expand it with the focus of attention, allowing it to move and expand 360 degrees around us to encompass the totality of the soul process for each and every individual. And this now moment is moving to encompass the totality, the past nows, as well, and the future nows, as well as the present now moment. So it is growing in uh, to a place of almost seemingly infinite, infinite or infinite time, I mean, just limitless time, just the amount of time is so expansive because we've been around beginning at the mineral kingdom. We've been around for so many eons of time. It's hard to imagine the the number of uh, lives and experiences we've had. And it's, so the time, the time factor is huge. And now we have so many people in it. So there are just the time enormous. The, the space factor, it is also moving across symbolically the universe, known and unknown, and most of it is unknown, I have to say, and that's the space part of the time-space continuum, because starting as minerals, we've all been on different planets. Not any of us were on this planet as minerals and plants, none of us. So we've all been on many other planets, and so the space part of this forever now moment or this time-space continuum is huge because it is encompassing the totality of the locations that we've all been on for the totality of our sojourn. Okay, so we are in this gigantic space and the forever now moment is uh, a very positive, very wonderful space to be in because it enables the healing to reach into the totality of all that we are, all that we have been, and even all that we will be, and bring that healing to those to to as many levels as the soul will allow. So, but it opens up the opportunities. If we're working just on one event or one life, that's what we're working on. Um, why not work on multiple events and multiple lives all at once? And so that's why I create this, uh, or the higher selves have indicated for me to create this forever now moment. In addition, we're now going to focus on the pure soul essence that we carry. Each and every one of us carries a pure soul essence, The what I often liken to the DNA that we have in each and every cell of our body from our parents. The pure soul essence is... Uh, from the originating source of all there is, and we've been carrying it since we were first born as minerals, for we are part of the uh, originating source of all there is. We're part of all there is. We're we're part. So, and whether or not we were a mineral or plant or a human or whatever, we're all equal. We all carry all that originating source was, is, and is becoming. And I want you to expand your, your internal light, that pure soul essence light. I often compare it to the sun. And um, I'm thinking it would be 
because what I see, and I want to share with you what I see, you know when you're, you wake up and it's still dark and dawn is coming, and first there's a little bit of light, the sun isn't up over the horizon, there's a little bit of light, and the, the dark kind of gets, you know, indications that dawn is coming, and then the sun starts to come up over the horizon and bring its light out 360 degrees around, and it starts to fill the whole sky. And as the sun moves up, the sky gets brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter until the whole sun is above the horizon and it's beautiful, powerful, brilliant light. Well, that's exactly the image or the idea that I get when everybody focuses on that pure soul essence and it begins to move into the totality of the forever now moment becomes one with the totality of the soul process of each individual and it is permeating this forever now moment with that beautiful, bright, brilliant light. And I'm just absolutely I'm absolutely um always astounded with the brilliance. And it's this light that many souls throughout the universe come in to partake of because it carries everything originating source was, is, and is becoming. So it carries anything that any soul may need or be ready for or wish to take on. And it is just lines of souls moving in to partake of that light. Now, from there, I'm asking that we all call in the amalgamation with the totality of the conglomerate higher selves. That means we're going to be come one with not only our own higher selves that have the seat within us, but other higher selves from the totality of the group and any higher selves uh, from any other realm or direction that care to join with us. The higher selves are also part of the divine well kingdom. Um, they have already moved, the, the higher selves have already moved into the fifth dimensional frequency level, which is also a divine level. It is outside of the human kingdom universe where free will reigns. And so we also, with our focus of attention on this amalgamation, are giving our permission for that divine uh, frequency to move in to help us in the healing and that is exactly what the focus of attention is for. It gives, it's the turn on switch, it's the permission giver, it's the invitation to the pure soul essence, the higher self, to move in through and around the totality of who we are. Uh, and lastly, we are now going to be totally and completely engulfed, become one with, amalgamate with the originating source of all there is, and it totally engulfs us into that sort of womb energy of the creative life force that carries that intense desire to become, to create, to express, to give birth to at the higher level. It's always about moving into and becoming more of who we are. And so this energy is very powerful and it is going to be uh, working with each and every individual for this, this healing. Okay. I'm now seeing that we're activating the Rainbow Bridge energy, and the Rainbow Bridge is activating all of the the chakras that we carry and connecting them to the originating source chakras. So it brings our chakras up to the very highest level that they can reach for the moment. And the also is creating the Rainbow Bridge 
itself is actual as an actual bridge down the spokes from each of us standing on the rib rim toward the hub. Now, I'm going to be doing a healing as a conglomerate healing, but it is going to be calling on uh, issues and um, underlying causes and underlying whatever is going on with the victim and victimizer pattern from each and every listener, past, present, and future. So, of course, the higher selves will be giving me the the images um, of my my feeling is that the images are going to be true for each and every one of us because it's such a prevalent pattern in all of our lives. So no matter whether you can fully relate to what I'm saying or not, please do release release all the issues into the light. You can just say, I'm letting go of whatever comes up. I'm letting go of the victim pattern, but it'll be way more than that. I want you to see it move into the light and whatever you're letting go, you can imagine it as dark energy, a dark smoke or dark water or anything. Or you can just say the words, I am releasing whatever it is, into the light. And so as I go on, as I'm focusing on this healing, I may not um, remind you to do that again, but please just keep releasing. And you can see it coming out of the top of your head, out of you 360 degrees around. You can let it go out of the palms of your hands or anything or and everything. It's, there's no limit on how you can visualize, how you can imagine the release going on. And I want you to just let it go into the light and watch it or imagine it um, not only neutralized, but to become part of your light. So already um, I'm seeing a, uh, I have to say, in some ways, a silly pattern on the hub because the hub now has been created from the rainbow bridge from everybody. It's a rainbow bridge platform, so to speak, the symbolic hub of this wheel. And what I'm seeing, first off, is I'm seeing some a, a humanoid form being killed off in just about every way possible. I see it dying through a sword and a spear and being hit over the head and shot with a gun and, uh, you know, um, uh, being pushed off a cliff. And it's all these mini death scenes running around on the hub being killed off. Uh, I see death by fire. I see death by um, by um, natural disaster, uh, the, the ground opening up in an earthquake and dropping in or, you know, on a glacier or, I mean, just every single way I'm seeing just a myriad of death scenes. And, of course, many of the death we've all been involved in have not been pretty ones. I don't think just falling, you know, dying in our sleep is all that common. Death is often very, very difficult and is the last experience we have in a life and therefore the death issues are prevalent for everyone and they tend to entrench uh, ideas because um, because it is the last the last event of our lives. So right now I'm just watching, oh, I see, you know, like, uh, knife throwers, oh my gosh, some of these things I haven't thought of for 20 years or more. Um, I see so many, and I want everyone just to begin to release all possible death things, being murdered, uh, somebody murders you, those kind of death scenes are coming up. I want you to also release all the death experience that involve 
accidental death, like the natural disaster kind of thing, uh, death from illness, death from hands of people that you love, that you feel betrayed and and um, abandoned or betrayed or, you know, uh, they're, they're the one person you never thought could hurt you or harm you. You know, so the shock, the shock of death, the horror, the feelings of betrayal, I want all of that to, to be released right along with it because these were all instances where it's, it, we've all locked into a victim pattern where we've all blamed somebody else, whether it's Mother Nature or um, whoever the, the individual was who killed us or perhaps whoever ordered the killing to happen, if it was something like that. So these, these are uh, the shock, the horror, the, the despair, the, the grief, the, okay, there's a lot of instances, too, where you weren't ready to die. There just was no readiness. And the, the, the despair over having um, been killed or having died way too early. This, this is interesting because the um, you feel, because there's a lot of feeling like when, because we died too early, that we abandoned those we left behind, that we couldn't fulfill, we weren't responsible, we weren't able to take care of, all of those kind of things. So I want everybody to release all of that too, all the, all the belief systems that could be taken on at the death. And the bitterness, there's a lot of bitterness here because the not only have we been killed, not only have we experienced many death things, but the, the consequences are that we weren't able to take care of whoever we were taking care of and that if our death affects them in a big way. So there is so much bitterness. It's, it's as if we say, well, it's okay for me to die, but it really isn't okay for me to die because now my loved ones are going to suffer. And so there's this sort of double whammy going on here, um, just tremendous amount of bitterness, tremendous amount of hatred. There's even hatred here. Uh, hatred, hatred. Let's release hatred, guys. Uh, and And vengeance. Hatred and vengeance, and boy, these don't come up for me very often, but boy, they would be understandable, wouldn't they? That we would move into a place of hating someone or something and wanting to get vengeance. And I, I do believe that there have been times where all of us have chosen life to come back to, uh, to do vengeance or to avenge uh, avenge uh something. So that I want everyone to release hatred and vengeance. Uh, it really is. Yeah. Okay. Now this is interesting. This is part of what would generate a victimizer pattern. Okay. If we hate, if we want to wreak vengeance, guess what? We might re return. And I'm sure we all have, especially eons ago before we got to the place where we all are on this planet where where that was a big motivation back then we we weren't about healing ourselves because we didn't have the awareness yet at the soul level so what we were about was avenging our deaths and so i want and so we might come in and we would set up circumstances in order to get it back at somebody or something so here's where the victimizer pattern comes <coughs> this is so interesting so please i want all that hatred all that hatred, hatred, release, release, release. 
Uh, it's not only hatred of others. There's also hatred of the self here. Um, those always that's always goes hand in hand because you never really when you get vengeance when you when you are the victimizer you never really feel good about it. So then it becomes it goes back on us and we go oh my God what have I done um, down the line when we're between lives or whatever and we're trying to figure our journeys out. Uh, then back comes the self-hatred. So I want both to be released, self-hatred, self-judgment, the need to avenge, the need to uh, attack, the need to, uh, okay, justice. Justice is really big. We, most of us come from a place of actually really good intentions and really caring and really want to um, treat people equally, to to be uh, um, good people in so many ways, but in the olden days, you know, justice was about a hand for a hand, an eye for an eye, a hand for a hand, or whatever whatever the saying is, a tooth for a tooth. That was a lot of what fed the idea of justice, and so that is the kind of thing that you know we know now is really um, it's really hollow. It really it doesn't bring back someone that was lost, you know, like the clans used to. If somebody got killed in one clan, that clan would kill somebody in the other clan or whatever. And it just it doesn't bring the person back, and it holds us prisoner out of the forgiveness issue. And it, but it gets codified sometimes in societies. It gets rigidified so that that's our concept of justice. Now I'm not saying anybody here feels that now, but We've been in many lives on many different planets where that has been part of the culture, part of the society. So that whole justice thing, I want everyone to release the eye for an eye, the tooth for a tooth. That whole kind of uh, sense of justice that is is uh, was the best we had in certain lives, but I think we've come to a uh, a different place for the most part on the whole justice issue. And... But we can hide behind it. We can hide behind it and say, well, so-and-so killed my son, therefore he needs to go. That's justice. And so we have done things, whether it's been killing or anything else, and anywhere on the continuum for something minor or something medium or whatever. But that whole sense of justice can be the motivator that 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 propels us almost without thought, almost that knee-jerk reaction to to do an activity, to do something to get back at, and it becomes a justifier. It becomes the reason behind some of our actions, and we haven't given it enough thought. And we don't want that automatic pilot. We don't want that, and we carry a lot of that old stuff, so let's let go of that need to avenge, that need to find justice, the need for the eye for the eye, tooth for a tooth. It's just really important that we we do that. You know, um you know, in some societies there were laws if you stole you got your hand chopped off. You know, that kind of thing where justice was seen as a direct consequence and it had to um it had to reflect exactly on the crime. And that kind of uh narrow viewpoint was was a very prevalent one for so many societies. So let's release all of that. And I am 
seeing a lot of releases. It's as if the inner part of the circle has completely filled up with dark energy. And I'm asking each and every one of you to really send out your light and really permeate and absorb, neutralize and absorb all that's been released. And now I'm going to go back to the hub because I see that happening really well. It was like you guys were just releasing up a storm, but I did want the focus of attention to go to the neutralizing to make sure it all gets uh, neutralized and absorbed in light. And it feels a lot clearer now. Almost immediately it shifted. Um, Okay, so now the sort of the conglomerate victim, so to speak, is standing on the hub. I'm not seeing all those death scenes uh, being acted out just almost like a, it was funny, anyway, Keystone Cops, just all these ones going out. So now he's this. the victim is just standing there. Or the symbolic victim. Um, okay. Well, what I'm seeing here is a lot of there's been so many um, so many things taught, so many belief systems that we've been part of that have that have really um, I mean really okay it, it really intensified the whole idea that we are victims for example in the religious fields of course everywhere is that um, God is the one that controls our lives, and we have to do certain things in order to be good people, or we're sinners and we will be punished, or you know the hellfire and damnation. The there when we didn't understand the germ theory of disease, every illness was blamed on something, you know, and and whatever societies were, whatever belief systems they had, we carry it's prevalent prevalent, prevalent, prevalent in our energetic field of the soul. Because as we live each life, we process in the mind of the life. And when we die, the mind is folded into the conglomerate soul. So you could think of the soul as the minds of the past, all of our past. So it carries every single belief system, every single energetic uh, energy that we have created in each and every life. So there's a lot of confusion here. And the confusion is coming because over time, one of the common things is that we are all taught, all, whether we even get into the blame thing, but we're given as an explanation of why things happen to us as something that comes outside of us. Something from the outside is creating our life pattern in whatever way. Um, so that pattern, just that belief in general, no matter what we believe did cause to happen, that whole belief system is now what's coming up. That, and even if we have expanded to the point where we understand that we are our own directing identities and whether we understand all of that now, we carry so much from the past where it was taken away from us. Self-responsibility was taken away from us on purpose by the authorities, by the society, by you know, this isn't your job, you know, you're a man, it's the woman's job, or this isn't your job as a woman, it's the man's job. The the whole idea of um, self-responsibility has been often, so many lives, 
taken away from us. And it has been a struggle for all of us to find and understand self-responsibility and our own inner power, that purest, most perfect, and most potent power that we carry, which is the pure soul essence. And we are equally beautiful and pure and perfect as any other soul, no matter what level, no matter how they are expressing, whether it's a mineral soul or a plant or an animal soul, it doesn't make any difference. But we have had a long journey. So what, what we need to release right now is the belief that something external is responsible for us. That is a biggie, because from the moment we're born, our parents are taking care of us. So literally, from the moment we move into every life, we see somebody outside of ourselves being responsible for ourselves, okay? And that makes it very hard. And then we move into schools and uh, clubs or um, jobs or whatever, and it's the supervisors, the managers, the bosses, the whatever that become responsible for us. And so over and over again in the life pattern, as we move into adulthood and beyond, we are told that we aren't responsible. It's really the boss is responsible. The parent is responsible. The um, neighbor is responsible. The government is responsible. God is responsible, whatever. So we are given all of these reasons. So I want everybody, if you feel to, because this may be, um, maybe touching on some triggering, some trepidation for some of you. If so, I'd like you to release the fears, but I really want everyone to release the idea that we aren't responsible. And it comes in many forms, in many shapes, for many lifetimes. So I want everybody, as much as you can, as much as you feel to, because um, I'm not pressuring, I don't want to pressure anyone, but this is a very, very important concept that we we all believe at some very inner level we aren't responsible. And even, even if we believe in karma, again, we aren't responsible because it's something I did in another life. So even that, that, that we're now getting something terrible because it's my punishment. So again, there is an element of we're not responsible in the here and the now. And we are. We are responsible 24-7. It's just that we have to understand the expanded viewpoint of responsibility, the understanding that we're on direct identity, and the empowerment, the empowerment of that tremendously positive viewpoint. It's just so empowering. So I want everyone to release, as they can, again, the difficulty, uh, the belief that somebody or something else is responsible for us. Okay, I'm getting a lot of pain at the heart level, okay? A lot of pain. A lot of pain when this one is being triggered off. And also a lot of blame of the self. Because when we move out of the belief system that somebody else is responsible, we what we do is we go to our and we say, okay, well, if they aren't responsible, then I'm to blame. And then go into the fault finding of ourself. And so what I want to do is I want to release to have everybody release that they are at fault, that we are to blame and that we are at fault. 
because that is very painful because the intention most always is pure but there is a been a distortion and around the understanding and the interpretation there's been a complete distortion around what whatever the events or the experiences are and so we just understand it at a very minimal level and we've taken on these false beliefs and part of the false beliefs is that we are fault and we are to blame and so I want everybody to release that we are at fault and we are to blame and all the heartache all the despair all the pain and suffering and i'm seeing a lot of beautiful energy moving in this energy is is bringing uh, clarity of vision and um expanded perception and divine understanding is moving in divine peace and serenity divine uh, balance and harmony because there's a lot of shifting going on here this is a major major pattern i didn't have a clue really uh how major this was but it is such a major pattern and it is um i mean i had a clue i can't say i didn't have a clue but it is really big and everybody is doing a really good job with this the idea of self-connection and self-empowerment is moving in. Um, and it's not only moving into this symbolic conglomerate thing that I'm seeing in the hub, but I see it moving in through and around the totality of the forever now moment. It's the whole moment is is not only are the issues that we're releasing coming from the past and future nows as well as the present now, but all the healing energy is moving into the, uh, that extended moment as well. So, and and the interesting thing is that the energy, you know, the eternal now moment, I've told you many times, just continues to expand moment to moment. It never stops and it never will stop. And so the light that moves into the future now, it's as if it's grabbed and it is being carried into the the moments as they um, as they uh, occur moment to moment to moment. So this beautiful light is actually moving into the future now in that sense too and I love it I love it okay Okay, let's see what else I'm just going around the rim I want to just see okay Alicia is here I've worked on her a few times in the show she's here I'm really glad And I do see um, a few others here. I do recognize a few others that are here. Alicia, I'm speaking out because most of the listeners know about her. She's had that very difficult heart issue her whole life um, from birth. So um, she's had some very difficult times. Now... uh, Okay, I'm seeing another I'm seeing the, the the symbol on the hub shift now. And the symbol is moving into a pattern of 
which kind of reminds me of the the priest that I was talking about earlier, a self-justification pattern. There's a there's a pattern where we've had to defend ourselves. You know, if if we were considered if we were blamed um and we became the symbolic victimizers, we move into a defensive posture. This this posture of having to uh justify our actions, defend ourselves and often our accusers were um, off to the side. We never came to face-to-face with the accuser. We heard from someone else or whatever, or sometimes it was face-to-face. But in any case, it threw us into um, a place of defending ourselves. And this pattern is very interesting because it's important to let this go. Because what the higher selves are indicating is the defensive posture also is a... Is a knee-jerk reaction that we were forced to do in many lifetimes, some for many different reasons. I mean, you can imagine just off the top of your head, um, if we're blamed for something very serious, we could, by defending ourselves, we could prevent from being, you know, being tortured or being in prison or being expelled or whatever, um, demoted or whatever. Um, so, so the posture comes from times often that were needed and necessary. Also, however, the, um, though, the it becomes entrenched. And so when we're blamed in the... I'm going to sneeze again just a minute. Um, when we're blamed... Uh, we can have that knee-jerk reaction, which it, it puts a cap on our understanding. When in uh, Where we'd like to be, it comes from feeling like it's our fault. It comes from that whole belief system that of ourselves and feeling like we're at fault. So when somebody blames us, we go into that defensive mode. And it comes from, it develops, well, for many different reasons. But in any case, when we go into that self-defensive mechanism, uh, it, in, in essence, it's intensifying or entrenching our own belief that we're at fault. It's um, adding energy to that belief underneath. That's why we want to get rid of the the defensive posture of moving into, oh, well, it really wasn't my fault. It was this, that, or the other, and this is the circumstances. But underneath it all, we are intensifying the need to justify or validate, or um, because we're blame underneath, we also blame ourselves, even if somebody else is blaming it. So when we go into that defensive posture, it's hard for me to get the words out about this. When we go into that defensive posture, what we're doing is we are intensifying and adding to the I'm at fault belief system of our own. So the goal is to let go of defensive posture, defending ourselves, and the need to, um, and the self-blame. Now, I can see this whole defensive posture playing out in a lot of ways in our outer reality. Lawsuits, um, stuff in work and in business and careers. I mean, just tons of stuff where we're put on this we're putting this place where we have to defend ourselves and 
So having that defensive posture, holding on to that, that that pattern of having to justify and validate ourselves and defend ourselves, that pattern itself can bring in situations and conditions where we have to continue to do that. So that pattern itself we want to get rid of and the underlying thing where deep down we do believe we're at fault. And so we need to release that too because that is also getting intensified and added to and grows you know, as we defend ourselves more and more. If we truly didn't believe we were at fault, there would be no need to defend. We would react in a completely different manner. And so I'm seeing the divine energy moving in of self-validation, divine validation, divine worth. Here's divine worth, guys. Divine love, divine connection, uh, divine clarity of vision and expanded perceptions coming in again. Because where we want to go is we want to release all of the patterns of defense, of justification, of trying to validate ourselves, and the internal, uh, the the self-blame, and we are at fault, the belief that we're at fault. Okay, now this is very interesting because this one is leading to another comic generic pattern that I'm not going to do today. I'm going to do uh, pro- maybe next time. It's Probably next time would be a good time. And that is the need to atone or the need to punish. Uh, actually, both of them are coming out of this kind of um, feeling as part of this. And so I think I'm going to end this session because I see that the higher selves, by bringing this to my attention, have given me the option of continuing, but I've done enough blabbering. I feel like I've blabbered on longer than normal. So I want to just wind up this whole victim and victimizer pattern. Okay, so let me go back to the symbol. And the symbol is standing, I'm feeling like a lot of cloud, a lot of fog, a lot of blinders have fallen away. The symbol is feeling much more whole and much more like it can actually see in a way that it was unable to see before. There's, it's as if the, the horizon went from 12 feet in front to, you know, 100 or 200 feet in front. Just this expansion of how the, the, of the viewpoint of the understanding of being able to see how, how uh, life is how look at people in a different way, look at themselves in a different way. We're all looking at ourselves in a different way. There is still some pain coming out of the heart center. Um, I want to just work on that because these issues are very massive. And, you know, we only did the death thing. Of course, it's a short thing. It's a one show on victimizer and victim. So we only did the death experiences. I am also seeing the many times during the life pattern where we were victimized. We didn't even get to that. Hopefully, um, that is part and parcel of all the releases. And if you, uh, hopefully, those of you who know that you can let go or release other things other than what I say, uh, those can absolutely be um, part of it, part of the releases. Um, it didn't have to only be at the death. It just was so interesting because um, that's where the energy went. So it felt like that was 
the uh, what was in the time allotted that was the more important issue, maybe because when we die from something, the tendency to lock into belief systems at the time of death is very strong. If you have something during your life, there is process time and you can work through it or think about it or um, whatever. You have time to deal with that issue, whatever it is. Sometimes the time doesn't help you. Many times the time doesn't help you. But at death, it can have you know this very intense uh, connection and the belief systems can be set like in stone right at the death. There's no time to process it during the life. So you you lay aside the body holding on to that so powerfully, whatever the belief systems are. So I guess that's why that came up. But in any case, um, we did a lot. You guys did a lot. I'm just checking around all the energies. The the as I said, the symbolic victim victimizer is very much uh, more serene, more calm, uh, standing absolutely surrounded with this beautiful light. And the the cocoon of energy is going around. Interestingly enough, not only every single person on the rim, but it's also going around this conglomerate figure, which I find. Interesting. I don't think I've seen that before. And um, the higher selves are indicating that it's because the uh, there is more work to be processed, and the energies that are part of this conglomerate figure are actual energies. They aren't just made up. They're actual energies that it's representing, and the energies themselves will be continue to be. Um, neutralized and dissolved and it's already happening interestingly enough i'm watching it sort of dissolve and so okay so we're all being surrounded in that cocoon of energy to help us acclimate to help continue the processing the forever now moment is closing down we're still all standing in the now moment and it gives me an opportunity to say thank you thank you thank you to just everyone that listens and i encourage you to listen again and again get the benefit of these healings again you can pause it you're the directing identity (laughs) and you can pause it and let go or release anything else that comes to your mind that i have not said you can even change the topic you can do whatever you want but at least if you started the healing you're you're going to be in that state of animation and everything will be set up for you to continue with your neutralizing process so with that i'm going to close down the show thanking everybody and encouraging everyone to please if you can if you're local and you can attend the the new earth expo um at the Marriott Hotel in Manhattan Beach on Sunday. There are plenty of free passes. I don't know if I said that. There are plenty of free passes. I have them on everywhere. If you if you can't find my free passes, the free passes anywhere, email me. I'll send one to you right away. The uh, This New Earth Expo has just changed its venue, and I think it's really trying to encourage people to attend and allowing, they're just giving them out to anybody. So come enjoy the expo, and if you can be there for my talk at 4 o'clock, great. That's terrific. I would love to see anybody and everybody, but I think it's going to be a very, very exciting uh, expo. You can 
look it up online and check it out and see all the people who are going to be there. It's definitely smaller than the Conscious Life Expo, but it is absolutely going to be special in its own way. Anyway, guys, uh, thank you, thank you. I love each and every one of you, even though I don't know you, and appreciate so much all the support that you give me. And with that, I'm going to say goodbye and have a nice uh, a nice week. I'll see you, or I'll talk to you in a week. Thank you for listening to Janet Richmond and the Higher Self Voice. Visit Janet's website at JanetRichmond.com to view all of her upcoming events or to buy her book, Choices, Neutralizing Your Negative Thoughts and Emotional Blueprints.